Welcome to Sports Talk with R and J. I am Steve Risser along with Justin D'Onofrio. And we got another busy show today. I mean, the World Series is happening, college football is happening, but we got to start in the NFL. And it's two a time in Miami as yesterday, after, and surprisingly, after the Dolphins went on a two game winning streak and winning those games by by an average of 25 points, the Dolphins have, ch- have chosen to start Tua Tagovailoa next week against the uh, against the Rams. And obviously, this week is their bye week, so they'll start Tua next week. And then, uh, and, and I'm, unfortunately, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who was playing good football, is uh, goes to the bench. And uh, this move to me was a little bit of a surprise because the Dolphins have been playing really, really. I know, yes, eventually, obvi- eventually, Tua is their guy, obviously. But this move came to the, comes as a surprise to me because the Dolphins were playing well. You know, they had won two games. They had beaten the 49ers. Obviously, they beat a terrible team last week in the Jets. But still, it's a win in this league. Wins are hard to come by. I mean, they're three and three. They've won two in a row. So I think the chemistry was there with, with Fitzpatrick. I thought the team was playing well. And even if you look at, uh, from the middle of the season last year, they were playing well with Fitzpatrick, too. They, they started 0-7, ended 5-4. and They're 3-3. Three and three. So since the middle of November last year, they have a winning record. A team like the Patriots, they have a better record than the Patriots do from the middle of November last, from the start of November last year. So the Dolphins have been playing uh, good football. So that's why this move is surprising to me. And I don't really love the move at this point. I, mean, I knew eventually they were going to do it, but I would have waited until Fitzpatrick started playing poorly or the team was out of playoff contention. And that, that's what I would have done. But, you know, if, uh, if Brian Flores, and he said it today in his press conference, he said, this gives the Dolphins the best chance to win. <sighs> Then, you know, we'll see what ends up happening here. I don't agree with the move, but I understand the move. Yeah, it's, you know, it was weird how it ended up happening. Because, yeah, you know, Fitzpatrick has been playing so well. And they I know they got their bye moved up, too. So, um, like, four weeks, I believe. And we all know the talent that Tua's had in Alabama. The thing is, the like, and the weird part about it, why they're doing it now, is you're playing the Rams next week. And, and so, you know, the few – the the you know few minutes we saw of him last week against the Jets, you know, um, he looked good. But you're going to against Aaron Donald, who would love to, you know, uh, you know, get in there and get his head early as a rookie, you know, rookie, you know, because it it's a weird move. Yeah, Patrick's been playing so well. We know the talent that Tua has. Again, it, you know, I wonder if the Jets. Come Kind of, all right, let's just see how this – I mean, the Dolphins, just see how this year goes. If we're not in the playoffs, who cares? We have the future in front of us. You know, it, it, that's kind of what my thinking is. But it, it, we know the talent. It's a weird spot. But the thing is, too, you have a guy like Fitzpatrick, too, that he's not going to, you know, he's not going to go out, uh, you know, at a press conference and badmouth the Dolphins or anything like this. He's going to sit there and he's going to give to all the advice he can and make two of the best quarterback that he can can be. So um, I think that's also a big part of why they kind of did it of the guy Brian Fitzpatrick is. But um, I'm excited to see him. You know, we knew all the talent that he's got at Alabama. And, you know, of course he's got durability, durability questions. But, you know, he should be fun to watch. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's it's obviously a tough matchup in Week One, as as we see. Uh, you know, Joe put up to a tweet from a Cameron Wolf, the ESPN Dolphins reporter. Tua Tagovailoa went back to the field. Uh, he was sitting around the 15 yard line in full uniform. Looks like a moment he's been he's been soaking in because yeah, as we all remember, you know, he had that season and the injury last year, and that was against Ole Miss. Was it against Ole Miss when he got hurt for no, Alabama? Mississippi State. Okay, when he got hurt when, yeah. when he got hurt for Alabama last year, we did we didn't know you know 
where he was going to go in the draft at that point. But then, you know, he ends up being a top five pick. He ends up, you know, playing on Sunday. And now he's got the ball to starting quarterback. And, you know, I think this 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 is a little bit comparable. I'm a Giants fan. A little bit comparable to the Kurt Warner-Eli situation where the Giants were in playoff contention. I remember back in 2004, the Giants were – you might be a little too young uh, to remember, but the Giants were in playoff contention. They were they were five and four. We're coming off a two-game losing streak, so it was a little bit different. But they were five and four in playoff contention. And they uh, – and they and they uh, went to uh, they went they went to they went to Eli Manning. Eli Manning really really struggled. The team ended up going six and ten, but the wound was made for the future, and it wasn't for this season. Maybe that could be something the Dolphins are thinking. You know, maybe we just want to get two on the field now. We know with Ryan Fitzpatrick will be maybe you know a nine and seventeen, maybe get that last playoff spot, but not from nowhere in the playoffs. Maybe they know what they're going to get out of Ryan Fitzpatrick now with two to a uh, Viola. Uh, they could see him get reps, and maybe, you know, the sky's the limit. You never know. Justin Herbert's played well. Uh, Joe Burrow's played well. Maybe he plays well enough to, to get the Dolphins into the playoffs. Yeah, he definitely could. Um, and I think, too, we all at that picks in the 15-yard line as well, that's where, you know, he broke the hip last year, too, at the 15-yard line. Um, so I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but um, that was something I just remembered about um, – but, yeah, you know, I, I definitely think that's kind of what the Dolphins thinking. Because right now, I guess, you know, you can think of the AFC East right now. Bills, last two weeks, have kind of looked shaky. New England, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the future. Jets, very dark future. Um, so, the, kind of the AFC East right now, it's kind of up in the air. Dolphins, you know, we've seen that they kind of got the young pieces, the draft picks. So, yeah, I definitely think that this year, just give two of the experience. Um, get, you know, just get – and all, all these other younger guys just experience and builds for the future. And, you know, I don't, yeah, I, I don't really think that they care what their record is going to be at the end of the year. As long as they got to a, um, some playing time and you look good. Yeah. Yeah. See Joe's comment. Dolphins. Yeah. Know they're not good enough to win a playoff game, assuming they could get one of the wild card spots better to get to a, in some games. And don't be – and, yeah, I, I was listening to Joe yesterday on Keys to the City. He said the same thing. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Fitz gets moved. I mean, you look at team – obviously, San Francisco, with Jimmy G's been struggling a little bit. And, this would be, and you know, they don't need a – because they run the ball so much, they don't need a great quarterback to, for that team to be successful. You look at Dallas, I mean, the disaster there. Andy Dalton was absolutely mm. terrible on the night. I mean, you know, there's more more of them struggling. We'll get to that. More than them struggling yeah. than Andy Dalton. But still, probably with that offensive line, the way the offensive line is in Dallas right now, a more mobile quarterback could help them – could definitely help them. So yeah, I mean the yeah we said the Dolphins no they're not good enough get to a reps and uh, and, and uh, this, yeah they they just didn't think they were they were good enough to uh, go far with Fitzpatrick so that's why they made this move a little surprising though uh, that the, that they're on a two game winning streak though because the one thing is though if you start losing games and Flores and Flores said Brian Flores said this is best for the team if you start losing games. You could lose your locker room. That's the one danger you have a starting tour right now. It is. Um, but the way I think or we've seen as a coach, I think of what I've seen from two at Alabama, the character that he is, again, you know, if it's something like with the Chargers situation where it's, you know, where it's like Herbert right now, where he's playing out of his mind and he just can't get help in every other direction, I think, you know, the locker room will be fine. But yeah, if he is struggling. He, I, you know, I think everybody in that locker room knows how much talent that he has, and maybe it's just, 
you know, get in the reps, get in the, cause you know, I know, you know, we've seen Burrow and Herbert been good, but you know, we, he lost the, the four preseason games. They didn't really get a whole summer practice here to, you know, be able to, you know, to get chemistry with all these guys. But the the guy that I've always heard from Tua, it seems like, you know, the guy's a hard worker. We've seen the talent. And, I, I you know, I don't think the Dolphins are going to have to worry about that. It's always a possibility. But I think he'll be – I think, you know, I, I think he'll be fine. Yeah, and as Joe just commented, it's a bummer for Fitz, but Tua is going to be good. And I do, and I do. I, I I agree with the fact Tua is going to be good. The issue I have though is if you start losing, you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to lose your room. And you were playing good football, uh, right right now. You were playing. Uh, yeah, I know you're not a great team, but you were winning games, and you can't mess, especially in the NFL. You can't mess with success. You can't mess with a winning streak. And I I like I like Tua. I, I think he's going to be a really good quarterback. But the timing to me is a little surprising that that that's just that's just what i think i mean and you look at the upcoming schedule obviously the rams we talked about that they got to go to arizona that's a that's a pretty good team they play the chargers at home that's even though they're one and four that's a talented team and then you then you go to denver too and you saw what denver did to the patriots and denver's a tough place to play so those are four tough games before they play the jets again so those are four tough games that two has got to play those are four tough games for him so yes I really like Tua. I really like the fact they took him number five. I think he's going to be a very good quarterback. But the but timing-wise in the season, I felt the move should have came a little later in the year or when Fitzpatrick wasn't playing as well. Yeah, I, I definitely should with you, and I'm surprised the move. The only reason I think they did it because they had the bye coming up. It just gives them the extra week of practice and get with the first team and get all those reps in. It, it definitely is because they're, you know, they're three and three. They've been playing well. I remember – you know, the week one game when they played New England, definitely. They, you know, they didn't really look good at all. Fitzpatrick struggled, and I figured this is going to be, you know, we'll probably be seeing two in a few weeks. But, you know, Fitzpatrick's really bounced back, and the team's bounced back. And, yeah, they're they're playing well. It is definitely tough to, to you know, change quarterbacks at this point because it's – but it's a move for the future, and it's definitely why they're doing it. But – I, I, you know, I think it'll pan out. I, I, you know, he'll be, you know, I think it's going to pan out. You know, that it, it's definitely a tough four games, and we're going to find out a lot about him and and uh, how good of a quarterback, you know, he's going to be at the next level. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun to watch. The Dolphins, definitely, I'll admit this. Even though I don't agree with the move, the Dolphins are definitely a more fun team to watch with Tua than they are with Fitzpatrick. I'll, I'll give you that. Oh, yeah, they definitely are, you know. Another young talent, you know, tank, the tank for Tua last year was going to be, you know, first overall pick. So, yeah, a lot of people are really excited to watch this guy, watch Tua um, finally get his first career NFL start. Absolutely, absolutely. So that's what's going on in Miami, but we got to get to the games this week, and we're going to start with my Giants, and they got to – who would have thought at 1-5 and five they'd have a big game, but they do have a huge game this week in Philadelphia against the Eagles. This, I mean, obviously, this is a huge game in the NFC East because the NFC East is absolutely terrible. The Cowboys, you probably wouldn't even know it the way they played Monday night, but they lead the NFC East right now at, at two and four. So this is a this is a really interesting game between the Eagles and Giants. Uh, Giants obviously coming off their first win against the Redskins. Eagles losing to the Ravens. And and the thing is with the Giants though, even though they won on Sunday, the old stuff still was still happening. Bad penalty when they were up thirteen three in the late in the second quarter. Uh, I know, I know, I know it was a really bad call on the Jones interception, but still, 
Jones cannot make that terrible decision. And, and I know the defense made a play in the fourth quarter, made a huge play. Tate Crowder, Tate Crowder unfortunately, is on IR. He made that huge play to score that touchdown. But the defense, just like against Andy Dalton, they let Kyle Allen drive right down the field to score a touchdown. And then Rod Rivera kind of gave him a break and went and went for two. And the Giants ended up winning their first game 20-19. So, I mean, at the Giants right now, yes, the, yes, they won last week, but I still don't feel better about them. And for the Eagles – the last couple of games for the Eagles, yes, they started poorly. 0-2 and 1. They Wentz could not have started the season worse. But the last couple of weeks, even though the Eagles are one and two, Wentz has played a little bit better. I mean, they beat the Niners. I know it was with a backup quarterback. Uh the, the, the Steeler game, Wentz played better. Even though they lost, Wentz played better. Chase Claypool just had that great game. Ben Big Ben and Claypool had that great game. And then last week they were down by a lot. But with Miles Sanders getting hurt and with Zach Ertz getting hurt, Wentz brought them back into this game. And, for, and, and in my opinion, this is the Eagles' division to lose right now. They clearly have the best quarterback. They got the best coach. I, I think they have the best team. This is a game the Eagles absolutely have to win. The Giants, yes, they're one and five, but let, let, let's be real. They got a GM that's going to be fired at the end of the season. They, they, this, this team is, is not a good football team. And, and, and yes, I know in the NFL, it's not how it looks. And last, you'd rather win ugly than lose pretty. And, that's, and, that, was, and that was the case for the Giants and Eagles last week. Giants won ugly Eagles won pretty but in this game and, and I do think the Giants have a chance because of some of the Eagles injuries Miles Sanders isn't going to play and Zach Gertz isn't going to play but the Eagles are also going to get Lane Johnson and uh, Deshaun Jackson back Giants we don't know if Darius Slayton or Sterling Shepard are going to play I think this is a close competitive NFC East battle I think on offense the Giants are going to have a difficult time running the ball I think Jones is going to have his his turnover like he has once I think Eagles are going to have trouble running the ball without Miles Sanders. So I think this is a close, competitive game. But I'm go- I've am i seen this game too many times in Philadelphia. I've seen the Giants struggle here. They they've, have not won here, since, uh, won here since October of 2013. So they've lost six straight games in Philadelphia. And until they, until they win in Philly, I can't pick them to win in Philly. That's why I got the Eagles beating the Giants Thursday night 24-17. I got the Eagles as well, 24-21. Um, I heard a funny stat. So the division right now is 5-18-1. If the NFC East wants to get above 500, they would have to win every non-division game through week 11 to just get to 500 at this point. Um, you know, you could see that the Eagles are, you know, win this division six or seven games. Um, but, yeah, I was, you know, Eagles got up to a rough start. They bow back, you know, Wentz had his top three receivers out at one point, and the Miles and, you know, Miles and Zach Ertz being injured. Boston Scott wasn't like Boston Scott's, you know, big up-and-coming game last year against the Giants. Wasn't that like when he kind of made a name for himself? He did. In that, in that uh, week 14 game, he played well in the pass game and in the run game. But the Giants defense is better this year, though. That's the one yeah. strength of this team. Blake Martinez has played well. Leonard Williams has played well. James Bradbury has played well. This defense – I'm not saying it's a great defense because at the end of the game, it never makes a stop when it happens. Yes, they did. They did make that create that huge turnover last year, and they had that strip sack and, and last week, and they had the strip sack, uh, and they ran in for a touchdown. But when they need a stop, they let bad quarterbacks drive down the field. But still, the Giants' defense is a better defense than it was last year. Oh yeah, it definitely is. And you know, I know last week during the they were what on the field for 12 minutes that fourth quarter, so um, which is tough. They're off to kind of put them in that spot. But yeah, you know, um, now you know. And how about the uh, UConn guy, Matt Parrott? 
I know. You know? It, that it was, was a big thing. With, great. I know because Andrew Thomas was was did not follow team protocol. So, and I like that out of Joe Judge. That's the one thing. I, the one thing the Giants got is they got they got a. I, I think they got the coach in place. I mean, I like how he's establishing discipline on yeah. that team. Discipline on this team. I love the fact he benched Andrew Thomas. You gotta you, you gotta follow the rules. And I like the fact that he's bringing discipline and accountability to this team. That's what I really like about Joe Judge. Yeah, you know, you got to be able to bring that to bring that culture in, and you know, keep everybody accountable. Um, and listen, a, you know, great sign. And listen, I think the call. I think the call. That's why I think they got a chance tomorrow night. I feel like Judge is trying to change the culture. I just, I just, I just can't pick it. I just, it's just tough for me to pick it right now. Yeah, no, I, yeah, because I, I hear you. You know, nine. You know, they've lost nine a lot of last eleven. Look, if the Eagles start slow and you kind of get build a bit of a lead, I can definitely see it. And I think, I think I think I think that's a I think that's a huge key in this game because and and the fans make it a key too because if the Eagles start slow the fans are going to start booing them and start turning on them and I think that's going to affect the Eagles play but if the Eagles start fast I think we could be we could be in for a tough game the Giants could be in for a tough one yeah that that definitely yeah um yeah I think yeah because they scored ten points I think Giants in the first quarter or they got out ten nothing lead I believe right they got out to a ten nothing lead yeah I don't think they scored I think. I, I, yeah. They might have scored ten in the first. I got to check that, but yeah, they got off to a ten. They definitely ten nothing and thirteen three lead. They got off to last week. Yeah, so you can get off something like that. You're in great shape, you know. It, you know, it's tough to rely right now on on Jones to kind of bring you back again. Uh, the big stat for me was again last week. They're zero for three in the red zone, and they're twenty five percent this year. You know, Her- horrific they got to be able to at least get a field goal. I, you want to touch them. Yeah, you you at least you want to touch on, but at least get a field goal right now. They're thirty first right now, only behind the Jets, so that's gotta improve. But I think the Eagles at home on a Thursday night short week, I think they should be able to get this one, but it should be tight. Absolutely, should be interesting to see what happens. But we'll stay in the NFC East, and there's an NFC East matchup on Sunday in Landover, Maryland, as the Cowboys try to travel up to Landover after a disgraceful performance on Monday night to face the uh, to face the Washington Football Team, and again. I think this is a close competitive game, but I cannot stand what I'm seeing out of Dallas. Now defensive players are getting on the coaching staff. Uh, and they're not keeping things in house. Andy Dalton was terrible last week. That and, and now you got this offensive line that struggled last week against this defensive line with uh, with uh, Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, uh, Montez Sweat, D- uh, Deron Payne, and uh, Ryan Kerrigan. I think that they're going to get pressure. I do think that C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper are going to make plays because the Redskins secondary is not that good, but I do think the Redskins, even though Kyle Allen's the quarterback, they're going to move the ball in the Cowboys' offense, and they're going to put up points on the Cowboys' offense. And obviously, I think this is a close competitive game, but I think the pressure that the Cowboys put on Dalton and their defense not being able to, to, to stop the Redskins' offense is going to be the difference in this. The pressure the Redskins, the Washington puts on Dalton and the, Cow, and the uh, Cowboys' defense not being able to stop the Redskins, that's going to be the difference in this game. And I got Washington winning this game 27-20 over the Cowboys. Both teams stink, but I like. But I, I'll take Ron Rivera right now over what's going on in Dallas. Yeah, I, I got Washington 24-23. Um, the biggest, I think that was tied the biggest loss Cowboys home game, I believe, since they opened Cotton New the new stadium. Um, that was absolutely disgrace watching watching that performance Monday night. Um, yeah, they 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 quit. It, I don't know if you heard, you know, because I know the players are calling, kind of calling out the preparation, all that. Mike McCarthy said that was like he thought their best preparation week that they've had all, all year. That, 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 so, that's BS, though. That, that's that, scary. That, that, 
That's BS. They, they just say that. They say that because they're shocked they lost the game. That, that's BS, in my opinion. I would, why would you say something like that after a know, game I like know. that? I heard Barton. Yeah, I heard it looks bad. What were you going to say? Yeah, I said it said it looks bad. It, it you know maybe Aaron Rodgers on to something. It, yeah, I know. It really know. seems like maybe Aaron Rodgers is right, and we were all you know everybody's kind of hammering for that. But this Dallas team is just bad. Their offensive line is so banged up. Um, I think Antonio Gibson runs wild against these guys, and um, it's going to be a long, long year for water, for Dallas, I believe. Um, Mike Nolan too. I know he's. First D coordinator drops in 2014. Jerry made it sound like, you know, um, I don't think he's going to last. I just don't think defense is not um, not involved evolved into, you know, the new game that the NFL has become. Um, I, got, I got Washington winning this one. Yeah, and you heard Bart Scott today on Get Up say, this is the softest, this is the Cowboys, and this has happened for years with the Cowboys. This has been the mentality for years. Their mentality just isn't what it needs to be. They're, they're soft. They're a soft team. Mentally and physically, they're just a, they're they're a soft team. And Bar Scott was telling me stories yeah, of how it, you know they beat they beat them every time he played him played him like four or five times. And every single time, Bar Scott team Bar Scott's team, even even if it was with the Ravens or the Jets, they always beat him. Yeah, it, it it's it looks it looks awful. It just I, they they looked like they quit. I just haven't seen a Dallas team ever looked as bad, and it just. Crazy to see how bad bad they are right now. It's the I worst just, they've been, you know, with that offense. Yeah, it's the worst they've been since the Dave Campo years. I mean, they're just they're just awful. And I think if this thing, if they end up like four and twelve or something, they may have to just blow blow the entire thing up. They may just have to just say, you know what, McCarthy, that's it. Jerry and Steven, get yourself a general manager, pay Dak Prescott, and build a team around Dak Prescott because the, the th- what's going on right now is not working. No, it's not. I could see two of those three things happening. I don't think Jerry or Steven will ever give up the GM job. Yeah, but, that'll never um, happen. It should, it should, but it will never happen. Yeah. yeah, it should. Yes, it should, but it'll never happen. And, yeah, I think, you know, I don't know how Dak right now, they're not at Dak's house right now offering him a new contract right now. Um, and I think he's the glue guy to that whole team. So oh, absolutely. I really, you know, I, he's – and yeah, so I think that's also you know part of the reason. He's, and he's he's the he's the guy that gave that team a chance early in yeah. the season. He was the guy that that kept the thing together. Yeah, and now that he's could, gone. I'm just master. It's gone. Yeah. yeah, and you could definitely see that now. And he's still leading the league right now, passing yards. He didn't even play last week. He's still I know, right. Crazy. Still the top guy. Yeah. So I know it's crazy. Yeah, that they made one. Maybe five, just because of how bad the division is, they may be able to steal a couple, but I, I I can't see this team winning more than five games. Yep. Going from one overhyped team that's struggling to another overhyped team that's struggling, that's the New England Patriots. And this week they host the uh, 49ers at home in Foxborough. And let me tell you something about the Patriots. This is a put-up-or-shut-up week. I don't want to hear about moral victories, about, you know, oh, the, oh, the, you know, we played Kansas City tough, we played Seattle tough. And then last week, you know, all the Pats fans complaining about, you know, the, the one pra- one day of practice they had. 
Tennessee had, it was in the same situation as you, and they crushed the Bills. So I don't want to hear any of the excuses. The reality is, Cam, the offense has been playing terrible the last two weeks. Cam Newton has been awful, and the and the, and the skill guys around him are terrible as well. And this is this is a put up or shut up week for New England. But you know, looking at Cam's history and looking at Cam's history in Carolina, there's a lot of like four game winning streaks, and there's a lot of four game losing streaks. And I think that's going to continue this week when they play the 49ers. I think yeah, the Niners' defense isn't what it was last year, but it's still a good defense. Uh, Grappolo hasn't played as well as he did last year, but he still played well last week. I know, you know, Mostert's probably not going to play, so the Niners might not have as good of a running game, but I think they have some sort of a running game because whatever team Shanahan coaches always has a running game, so I think they run the ball a little bit. And I think Cam Newton has another rough day against the Niners' defense. I think this is a close, competitive game. At the Niners going into Foxborough and beating the Patriots 20-17. to I do have the Pats 23-20, but it, you know, I was – Really going back and forth with this game. Um, I'm not one of those Pat fans right now. This is, you know, the two-week of no. – Oh, oh, oh it, just, Justin. It, I, it's, I'm not one of those. Yeah. You know, you're like the last Pats fan that would say that. Yeah, because I, I know it, it stems a, a lot of different places right now. It, it's You're right. It's a wide receiver core. It's the type because I really think there is something truly wrong with Edelman that's – Worse than it usually is, and you can't keep relying on a 34 year old to keep being your number wide receiver. You yeah, that's really your best, can't. Yeah, it's your best skill yeah. guy. 34 <laughs> year old Edelman yeah. who's declining is your best skill guy. Yeah, and he's had knee issues once again this year, and he's had it seems like the past five six years. It just you know you can't keep relying on him. Ryan is a tight end is just probably one of the worst tight ends in the league right now. Um, it's just. They just don't, you know, it's kind of the same problems last year. None of them get open. None of them get any separation. Um, again, the, you know, we lost, you know, losing Shaq Mason going on the COVID list really hurt. Um, and then Isaiah Wynn got absolutely destroyed by Bradley Chubb most of the time. Yeah, Isaiah um, Wynn was terrible last week. Yeah. 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 And he seemed like he started out the year pretty good and the last few weeks hasn't been great. Look, it's a huge week. And, I feel like they cannot have another performance like that again. I feel like Bill's going to get them going this week. Jimmy G's on Purge Revenge game. Um, their defense, is, it's been the definition again of bend but do not break. They held the Broncos to six field goals. I think they can if they can hold the Niners a couple field goals, again, maybe some things can open up. Um, but then the last thing in the offense is New England didn't get himself killed this year. Uh, they, he just it, – it's – the line can't really black form at times, and it takes off and runs. It just, you know, he's going to get himself killed. And I am actually really starting to miss Brady, even though I don't know how much of this would change. Oh, oh Brady, 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 he, Brady he can't escape week. like this. I know, but if Brady plays last week, you win that game. Yeah, we probably do. But you I'm, might, I'm you saying might the other like, two games, but, a, but you win that game yeah. last week if Brady plays. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know if we win 12, 11 games, you know, up there. But, you know, we, we you know, definitely truly missing them at, at the moment. But, yeah, you know, we probably still those last few weeks. But right now I just – it's just shot. It's just, you know, guess it's reality right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, now it's reality. reality you, you, you had those two moral victories. Yeah. You guys all thought you were a top three or four team in the AFC, but – you pretty much, yeah, a reality set in a Sunday after 4 o'clock that you might not even make the playoffs. That, that's the thing, right? That, that's what's going on with the Patriots right now. Yeah, this is a huge week. And remember a couple weeks ago, everybody was on that Cam Newton, give him a six-year contract. I, 
well, it really held off on that, you know, mostly because I wanted to see durability, but now we're kind of seeing you really can't run the football. If you're going to struggle that wise, it's going to be really tough to get a throw passing game going because, you know, with the weapon you got, nobody's really scared of anybody uh, you know, on this wide end of the score. Absolutely. Absolutely. But we got to get on to the to more of the games on Sunday. And we have a matchup of two 5-0 and o teams in Tennessee this week in Nashville as the 5-0 and o Steelers face the 5-0 and o Titans. Both teams, let's not forget, had big losses in their games on Sunday. Devin Bush out for the year with a torn ACL, and so was Taylor Lewan. He's out for the year with a torn ACL. So both those guys are out for the year with torn ACL. So those, those are key losses. But I do think the loss of Taylor Lewan is definitely a bigger loss for the Titans than the loss of Devin Bush for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Just a naturally a left tackle in football today. It's a bigger loss than a uh, middle line and inside linebacker is. But I, I do I do think this is a re- obviously a really, really competitive game. I think that uh, Henry gets his yards on the ground. I think that the Steelers move the ball with Big Ben, Chase Claypool, uh, uh, Juju. I think Connor has a decent day. Titans have been pretty good against the run uh, the last couple of games. I think it's close and competitive, but I think it comes down to a game where Tannehill has the ball in his hands. And I know a lot of people think I'm going to pick the Titans because this is because Tannehill has the ball in his hands. Uh, that's what usually happens. But I think it's the opposite this time. I think Pittsburgh gets pressure on Tannehill, forces a turnover, and I think the Steelers win to go to 6-0. and And I got the Steelers beating the Titans 24-20. Yeah, I got Pitt winning as well, 27-23. Um, I definitely think end of the game – or. You know, I think they'll make Tannehill make a couple of mistakes. I can't wait for this game. This is going to be two football that just looks smash mouth football. Derrick Henry, James Conner, you know, none of this new age, you know, spreading it out, you know, you which like, I don't, like I don't mind, cool but I, I do love watching these. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I was watching Army Synodal. I love watching that. <laughs> two triple option teams. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Love watching all that. Um, but yeah, and I also think Devin uh, Taylor wanted a bigger loss than Devin Bush because they because the Steelers still have Vance Williams, TJ Watt, uh, Bud Dupree, also that they're so great at rushing the quarterback and getting to him and just making a living in the backfield. And I, I think it's going to be a huge loss of the Titans. It's going to be interesting to see how the Steelers, Steelers run game really shut down the Browns last week. I know that they had no Nick Chubb, but it'll be interesting now going up against Derrick Henry. Um, I'm excited to see it, but I got the Steelers going on the road and winning that 27-23. The first time that they're 5-0 since 1978, which I couldn't – I'm actually surprised about. I figured – I thought maybe, you know, during the Big Ben era, they've been 5-0 at a point, but I guess not. I was kind of surprised when I heard that. Yeah, you think with all the great Steeler teams, (laughs) it's surprising it's the first time they've been 5-0 since the 70s, but hey – that's what happens. Shows you undefeated records can be a little overrated in the NFL. I mean, you don't need to be undefeated after five weeks to win a Super Bowl. That's mm-hmm. that's, that's that's what that stat shows you. But yeah. we'll move on to a matchup in the AFC East. We won't spend much time on this game as the Bills travel to MetLife Stadium to face the Jets. And this is pretty much the get-right week for the Bills. Yes, they're on a two-game losing streak. This is their get-what week to play the Jets before they have to play the Patriots next week. I think Singletary is a big game on the ground. Allen has a big game. I don't care who plays starting quarterback in the Jets. This team's absolutely pathetic and needs to fire their coach. I got the Bills winning 31 to 6. I got it 31 13. Um, the Jets outgained the Bills, had the ball, had won the battle of time possession, and forced three turnovers. And they still lost 24 0. I don't think Adam Gaze is going anywhere. I, I, I think this is what my theory is right now. 
He's blowing this thing up. He's telling Chris Johnson and Joe Douglas, I'm going to blow this thing up. We're going to go in 16. I'm getting all my guys in here. I'm getting all the old regime guys out of here. I'm going to draft Trevor Lawrence, and I'm going to turn this thing around, and I'm going to turn it, you know, and then I'll be the offensive genius that, you know, we all think I, you know, that, that he thinks he is. That's, that's my theory. I think he runs that whole organization right now. I don't think he's going anywhere, and I feel bad for Jets fans. It's just going to be all a right. bad next week. I disagree. Going. I disagree. He seems completely unengaged when he coaches. He can't get on the same page with Greg Williams. I, I, and the players are quitting on him. They're not even playing hard for him, okay? Yeah. I, I, they're, they're, to me, there's no way. I don't. I, I think when he gets fired is after the Monday night game against the Patriots, after, and then they have a bye week after that. That's when he gets fired. This team has no – is the, this team has no desire to play for him. Okay, he's he's going to get fired. There's no way keeping his job. This is that I just see. I just think he run that. You know, he hired Douglas again. I, I the other reason I other way I see him fired is Woody Johnson comes back over. Um, if President Trump loses re-election and he comes to you yeah. know whatever country he's ambassading over in Europe, I could all I could see that happening. But I I think they truly think that he's the guy. I just think Chris Johnson thinks he's the one Joe Douglas can't do it because Adam Gates hired Joe Douglas I don't I don't I just don't see him going anywhere right now I I really don't I really think he's convinced them that I'm gonna blow this thing up and I'm gonna get this thing right I don't I think that should be the wrong move with your Jets but that's just what my thinking is right now uh, I mean, I agree to disagree with you there. We could revisit this if, for the next couple of weeks, and probably yeah, we'll probably go really deep into this after the when they when they play the Pats on Monday night. We'll get deep into this, but we I agree to disagree with you. We got to get to some more of the games, and we got a matchup in Houston this week as the Packers uh, head down to Houston to face the Texans. I mean, last week the Packers got embarrassed to, to the Buccaneers. They've done this a lot in the Matt Lafleur and the Matt Lafleur era. I mean, you saw it twice against the uh, the Niners and then against the Bucks uh, last week, but. I, I think this week this is the, the, they bounce back. I think they run the ball with Aaron Jones. I think Aaron Rodgers has a big week. The Texans' defense outside of J.J. Watt is not very good at all. They can't stop the run at all. Their run defense is absolutely pathetic. And uh, I think for the Texans, I think Deshaun Watson competes. He battles, but he's going to be under too much pressure from uh, Darius Smith and, uh, and Preston Smith. I just think they're not going to be able to run, run the football either. They've really struggled to do that. And I got the Packers winning this game. I got the Packers winning by two scores. I got the Packers winning 31-20 over the Texans. Yeah, I got Packers 34-24, the Texans. Um, definitely a bounce-back week. I think um, you're going to see the Aaron, the Aaron Rodgers that we've seen the first four weeks of the – four games of the year for him. They got out to a great start, and it looked like that they were going to blow out Tampa. And then the two, two turnovers pretty much killed every hope of that. And I think, you know, I think, you know, definitely Houston's going to keep it close. But they just – their defense is really just going to show those slowdown Aaron Rodgers just, and – um, can be another um long week for the Texans. Um, they'll keep it close to half, but that'll be about it. Um, and Derrick Henry right now has more rushing yards, or had yeah, had more rushing yards himself than the Texans do as a whole team so far. <laughs> wow, that's that's a crazy thing to think yeah. of right there. Crazy. We got an yeah. NFC South matchup in New Orleans as the Panthers head to New Orleans to face the Saints. And in this game, I think the Saints control this game. Yes, I know that the Saints are 3-2. and two. 
The Panthers are three and three. We know the Saints are definitely the better team. I think the Saints control the game on the ground with Kamara and a Murray. I think that Drew Brees has a good game. Get the ball to Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. And for the Panthers, I think because the, the Saints secondary has struggled, I think DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson make their plays. But we all know Teddy Bridgewater is not a good quarterback when he has to play from behind. And he'll be doing that in this game. And I got the Pan the Saints beating the Panthers 27-17. Yeah, I get I get the Saints as well again. The win at home, twenty-seven to twenty-one. I think you know I just don't know what Saint team we're going to see. Are we going to see the first half team gets to charge them Monday football, or are we get the second half performance. So you know I know Carolina's drove last week. They had the three turnovers against the Bears, but I, I think they come in here, they play tough, and I think they give the Saints all they can handle. I they just don't have enough at the moment. If Teddy can kind of control the turnovers, um, you know, and then if Carolina gets some pressure on Breeze, and you know, for the Saints, um, discipline's been their big issue. They have 28 penalties. You can't really against a team like the Panthers, where the offense isn't great. It's not awful. It's not great, but you can't give these guys extra first downs. You can't bail them out. Um, and I, I think the Saints should be able to get the win at home. Got the Battle of Ohio in Cincinnati this week as the Browns coming off a bad loss to the Steelers face the Bengals who come who come off a bad loss to the Colts as well. So I think obviously this will be just like the first time they played a close competitive game. I think, you know, if, if we don't know if Joe Mixon is going to going to play, he may or may not play, but I think if Joe Mixon plays, he has a big day on the ground. I think Joe Burrow has a pretty good, good, good day through the air too, getting the ball to, you know, T Higgins and, uh, and Tyler Boyd. And I think Baker, I think the Browns, again, they get back to the ground game, having success with, uh, with, uh, Kareem Hunt, but the problem in this game for the, for the Browns is, is I think Baker Mayfield is going to continue to make some mistakes, and that's why I'm taking the, the team with the better quarterback in this game. I'm taking the team with the better quarterback, the Bengals, to beat the Browns 27-24 because Joe Burrow will make more plays and less mistakes than Baker Mayfield. I did really, really want to choose the Bengals, but I just don't know if the Bengals are going to be able to protect Joe Burrow. Um, and we saw in a week two, the Browns got them four times, but they, they hit them, I think like 10 or 11 times they got to them. And I think it's going to be the same thing this week. Um, I, and I think, you know, I think they kind of do what they did back the Browns who back in week two, what they did. I think they just control the running game. I think they control the you know time possession. I think they keep Joe Burrow off the field. Um, Baker, again, those, you know, Two, uh, the two interceptions, uh, that is just a terrible throwing decision. But they got away, too. They got down 3 nothing, and here they come. They're, like, running shotgun. Like, why, you know, I know the Steelers have a great run defense, but you got to try, you know, get the run game going. And, you know, because that's what Baker, Baker Mayfield did much better at that this year. Um, but, I, and, but, you know, what do I know? And for the Bang, you know, Bengals got out to a great start last week against the Colts, kind of blew it towards the end. But I guess great signs to come. I just don't think they're going to be able to slow down Miles Garrett in the pass rush. No, this is a close. I mean, they're going to not, they're, Miles Garrett will have a day too, but I just think Joe Burrow, man, he's going to have a now play Baker Mayfield. And that's why I got, I, that's why well. I got the Bengals winning. Yeah, yeah. I definitely could see it. I, well. I definitely could see it. But I definitely could see it. I wanted to pick the Bengals. I just think the Browns are just, I, I think they're going to, um, they're not, you know, Joe Bur Burrow's not going to have a lot of time to throw the football. Yes, it should be should be a good game in, in uh, Cincinnati on Sunday. But we got an NFC matchup in uh, Atlanta as the uh, as the Lions travel down to Atlanta to face the Falcons. 
And I think this is, this is a this, these aren't these aren't two good teams, but I think this is going to be a fun game to watch. I think this game is going to be up and down. I think Matt Ryan has a big game. I think Matthew Stafford has a big game. Uh, I think I think both offenses have really big games. But I think this comes down to the end. And you know, with Matt Patricia, you don't want to come down to the end because you know what happens with a Matt Patricia coach team once the game comes down to the, comes down to the end, they lose the game. And that's why. And I think getting rid of Dan Quinn was a good move for the Falcons. They it really it really paid off last week. And that's a big reason why I got the Falcons winning this game. I got the Falcons winning 31-27 over the Lions. Yeah, I get the Falcons 34-30. This should be definitely a fun one. Both teams cannot choke it. Um, two biggest chokers right now in the NFL. Um, but I was shocked with the way the Lions played last week. I had the Jaguars. I thought, you know, they shut down the running game with James Robinson. Uh, Lions looked really good coming off the bye. But this week, I think you're facing a different animal and, well, with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and all the weapons that the Falcons have, I don't think they're going to be able to stop it. It's going to be an absolute shootout, but I'm going to take the Falcons at home, 34-30. We'll go to the 4 o'clock games, and we'll start with the with an AFC West matchup in Denver as the Chiefs head to Denver to face the Broncos. And the thing about the Chiefs is they've been able to run the ball. Uh, they, ran the ball they ran the ball really, really well on day. They'll get Le'Veon Bell back, but the Broncos do a pretty good job stopping the run. So I think that's the case this this week. But I think the problem is the Chiefs will beat them through the air. I think Mahomes has another huge day through the air. And I think for the Broncos, I think, I think they'll make their plays. Uh, Drew Locke will make his plays, getting the ball to Jerry Judy. But I, I think that it's that they're going to be playing – Locke's been playing catch-up the whole game. I think they'll have a turnover. And I got KC winning this, and I got to win it by a couple scores. I got KC beating the Broncos 34-20. to 20. I got – KC going on the road 27 to 17. I don't know if you heard the weather report for this game, but it's supposed to be 70 degrees on Saturday and a high yep. of 23 on Sunday with snow. Oh my! Um, hey, I forgot. I forgot. Yes, good, 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 good. Nice, yeah. good. It's a nice job checking the weather there. I didn't check the weather, so that was good. Yo, so that's why I was wondering I, when you said the score why it was so low. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think it, I think it's like up to sixty or seventy percent. So I think there's a good chance. So I'm anticipating the snow. Um, so I think it's low scoring, and you know Drew Locke made a couple of mistakes. I don't know why they were throwing the ball. They actually asked the Patriots to come back and beat them last week. I don't I know. I, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was yeah, I was watching the Giants game. I was flipping back and forth. I was like, what are they doing throwing the ball and and what is Locke doing throwing picks when they're up by like they're up eighteen to three. Yeah, he threw it a double team two on on one of them. It's just I I don't understand the play calling there. Um, but yeah, you know they couldn't they, they they pretty much controlled that game. They got down the red zone I think you know six times. They just could never punch it in. They just got field goals. Um, got me a bunch of points this week. Casey to be fun seeing Le'Veon Bell in this offense now. Um, I think they forced Lock to get into a couple mistakes, but Casey should go on the road and win this one by ten. We got the Jaguars heading out to L.A. to face the Chargers, and the Jaguars have looked absolutely terrible the last couple of weeks. They look like they're right there with the Jets, uh, the Washington football team, and the Giants is maybe one of the worst teams in the league, and they played they obviously played that way last week against the Lions, and I think that continues against the – I think the Chargers are hungry for, a win, hungry for a win. They've lost four in a row. They've been really competitive. They've been a very competitive one in four. Been losing to the Saints, losing by a touchdown to the Bucs, and uh, – Losing by three to three of the Chiefs. They've been a very competitive one and four. And I think Justin Herbert continues to play well. I think Joshua Kelly has a pretty good day on the ground. I think Herbert gets the ball to Mike Williams and Hunter Henry. And on defense, I think they get a lot of pressure on Gardner Minshew. I think they 
you know, because James Robinson has struggled the last couple of weeks. I think they stopped the run game. And you got the Chargers winning this by two scores. They got the Chargers win 28 to 13 over the Jags for Justin Herbert's first win. Yep, I got the Chargers 31 17. And forget what I said back in uh, week three of the Jaguars, maybe the Dolphins this year. Yeah, I was off on that one. I'll admit, way off. Um, yeah, you know, Herbert's going to get his first win more than likely. Um, no, it, he's been playing really, really well. They should have beat the Saints. Kicker kind of, you know, blew that one for him. It's been really impressive. I kind of thought, you know, out of the three of him, Tua, Burrow, he was probably going to have, you know, be third on that list. But he's been surprising so far in his rookie year. Their offense should, you know, Kelly, uh, Justin Jackson backfield. And I think Gardner Messi is going to struggle. Um, Jaguars also just were not great in the red zone for the second trade week. I think could have come back to cost cost them again and tried to get the one on the at home. We got an NFC West matchup in Arizona as the Seahawks head to Arizona to face the Cardinals this week. And I think this is going to be, you know, a really, really, I think it's going to be a big game. But I do think Russell Wilson is play, definitely playing. Obviously, he's an MVP. He's playing much better than Kyler Murray. So that's why I think. I don't care how well the Connor Cardinals defense played uh, the last two games. They're playing two terrible teams, the Cowboys and the Jets. I think this is a major step up in competition this week. I think Seattle puts up over 30 points. I think uh, Wilson has a big day getting the ball to DK Metcalf. I think Carson has a pretty good day in the ground too. And I think Kyler Murray will make plays in his leg. But here's the thing Kyler Murray, Murray needs to improve on. He needs to improve on his accuracy and decision-making because outside of week one, that has just not been good. I mean, they won the game on Monday night, but he went nine for 24 passing the ball. Nine for twenty-four. You know, it, it might. You know, it'll obviously beat the Cowboys. It's not. You're not beating Russell Wilson going nine for twenty-four. So that's definitely got to improve. If they want any chance to win this game. I do think they move the ball, but I just think that you know Seattle is just playing really well offensively. They're going to get Jamal Adams back on defense. So that's going to help in the run game. That's why I got the Seahawks winning this game by ten. I got them winning thirty-four twenty-four over the Cards. I got Seattle going the road thirty-four to thirty-one and. You probably got lucky that Murray only got nine completions. If you got any more, get a couple more, I'd probably come back and beat you. I know would have beat me in fantasy, yes. He would have yeah. beat me if Murray, Murray had a yeah. big game there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was frustrating. He <laughs> went nine completions. They still put up 38 points. Um, it's just pretty just all you need to know about the Cowboys defense right now. Um, exactly. This should be a shootout. I think because of Seattle's – Defense, I think they're going to be able to pull up some points. I think Murray played well, played better. I definitely agree. Definitely does need to work on his accuracy. He missed a couple guys, especially early on. And Isabella, I think twice he missed them early. Um, Hopkins. So, yeah, he's got to improve on that. Um, but I think with the weak Seattle defense, I think he you know, should have some better success this week. Can they get their running game going? Because that's what Seattle has been um, – pretty good at that the one part they've been good at is, is stopping the run um if they can do that they'll have some you know they'll be able to put a lot of points but i think seattle goes on the road stays undefeated yes i think they do as well we got the sunday night game and tom we got tom brady heading to sin city vegas to face the raiders and the raiders have been playing well they've been three and two but I just don't think this is a good matchup for the raiders and, and here's the biggest reason why the buccaneers are the best team in football stopping the run the Raiders offense pretty much, even though they got good players with uh, Darren Waller, uh, Henry Ruggs had a good game against Kansas City, and Derek Carr is a pretty good quarterback. 
everything runs through Josh Jacobs, and I think they won't be able to, to be able to run the ball with Jack Jacobs. I think there'll be pressure on Derek Carr. I think Carr will make some mistakes, and I think the Buccaneers will be able definitely be able to move the ball on this uh, on this Raiders defense with uh, with Ronald Jones. I think Mike Tom Brady gets the ball to uh, with to uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwins and Rob Gronkowski, who had a good week last week. I think, they, I think he gets the ball to them, and I think the uh, Bucks win this, and they win it by two scores on Sunday night. I got the Bucks beating the Raiders. Uh, 30 to 17. I get the Raiders keeping it close. I get 31 27. I think um, Henry Ruggs would be a mismatch with. I know Tampa's secondary has been playing well, but I, I think he could be a mismatch with the speed. I think he makes some big plays like they did a couple weeks ago in Kansas City. Uh, um, yeah, I, I don't think they're going to be able to get much of a running game going. They may get Richie Incognito back, which um, he's. I think he's expected to play, but that, that could kind of help up front. But I, I think you're going to get one of those Brady-type games, a good game manager, um, won't make many mistakes. They looked a lot better last week offensively uh, after, you know, the Chicago game. They really struggled that. But um, I, I'm going to take Brady going on the road. It, it's definitely a tough one for me because Raiders, have. I think they played the – Second toughest schedule so far. They're three and two. They're looking good, maybe for a wild card, maybe at this point. But I think Tampa Bay's got too much offense for them. We got the Monday night game, and that is the uh, Rams traveling to LA to face. Uh, they got the Bears traveling to LA to face the uh, to the Rams. And uh, yeah, I know the Bears are five and one. And I'm not disrespecting them as, as for for any means. But a big reason that they're five and one is because of the job Matt Nagy's done and their defense being able to make plays at the end of the game. And it really hasn't been because of their offense because they've struggled to run the football. Uh, they really, outside of Allen Robinson, don't have a, really any playmakers on, 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 in, in the receiving game. I do think Nick Foles has played decent. I mean, Nick Foles, the one thing about him is, and he said it, and it's, he said it after the game on uh, Sunday, he said, I'd rather, you know, uh, win ugly than lose pretty. He know Nick Foles knows how to win games. That's the one thing he, he really understands. I think Philly, yeah, I'm, just, I'm not hating on Carson. I'm not hating on Carson, but Philly maybe. Maybe should think that and what Nick Foles can be able to do is win games. Foles knows how to win games. It's the one thing. He's not a great quarterback, but he knows how to win games. That's the one thing about him. But in this, game, I just think I'm going to go with the more talented team. I think the Rams uh, defensively. I think Aaron Donald has a big day, getting pressure on Nick Foles. I think they stop the run. I think you know, Jalen Ramsey will be able to be able to lock up with Allen Robinson. And I think on the uh, offensive side of the ball, the Rams will be able to score enough points. So one week, this is the Bears' defense is their run defense. So I think you know the combination of Dontrell Henderson. Uh, um, Malcolm Brown and uh, Cam Akers will be able to give the Rams a good running game. And I think Jared Goff makes more plays than Nick Foles. And I the Rams beating the Bears on Monday night, 24-14. to 14. Yeah, I got the Rams winning this one, 28-20. This should be a good one. I think the, the Rams are going to force um, Nick Foles into a couple of mistakes in this game, and they'll be able to work with a short field. You know, I think you know, both these two – DC teams have been a surprise so far. Um, I think, you know, when I saw this first Monday night game, I thought, okay, you know, not going to be a great one. But right now, yeah, big, big game here for, yeah. you know. I'll, I'll eat some, bro. I have both these teams not being very good during the season. I've yeah. had these, both these teams being five-win teams. They've surprised def- – both these teams definitely surprised me. Yeah, I know the Bears at five. I think that maybe have the Rams at six. So, yeah, I, you know, I didn't think too many, you know, these, these two teams are um, – going to be five and one and four two at this point should be a good one um but i you know i i think if the bears can force 
Jerry Goff made a couple mistakes. I think it could definitely go the other way, and the, and the Bears could definitely win this game. Um, but I think the other way around, I've liked the way Goff's played. I know he was not great last week against the Niners. He kind of um, he struggled, but I, I think he does play a little bit better this week against a very good Chicago defense. But it's kind of that 2018 defense. They're going to be led on that, and they could be led to the playoffs by their defense. But I'm going to take the Rams at home. Speaking of LA teams, we got to go to baseball and we got to go to the World Series, which started last night. And the Dodgers opened the World Series with a victory, an 8 3 win over the Rays. Uh, the story was Clayton Kershaw. I wrote an article on Friday how he couldn't pitch in the postseason. He came up huge in the postseason uh, yesterday. I mean, six innings, one run. Really, the only blemish was that home run. Kevin Kiermeyer hit. And the Dodgers' bats uh, woke up in the fourth inning. I mean, you didn't get the home, two run home run. Home run from Cody Bellinger. You had Mookie Betts had a good night. He had two hits and a home run. Max Muncy had a good night. He had a couple hits as well. Uh, and and I think where this game turned was in the fifth inning when uh, the when Glass now walked uh, Mookie Betts. And I think at that point, that's when Kevin. Ca- I guess I know Joe's Mike is going to comment. Don't question Kevin Cash, but I think that was the time where they probably. Sh- I'm not second guessing. And Kevin Cash is a great manager, but that's the time where they probably should have pulled uh, Glass now. And went to their bullpen because then he walks. Uh, he, he ends up walking. He ends up walking Seager, who's red hot. It's tough fish to him. He's been red hot all postseason. Uh, I think was it? I think he did. He get? He got? I think he got. Uh, I think he got Turner out. Muncy. 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 Wretch on the fielder's choice. And then uh, I think yeah. Will Smith ended up getting a hit, and that's when he ended up getting pulled. And then the Dodgers ended up scoring four runs in that inning. That pretty much ended the game. That broke the game open right there. So that's to me where. Game one turn turn for the Dodgers right there. Return for the uh, turned right there. Yeah, I I agree with you. You know, and the Kevin Cash did it was because um Saturday night, you know, he pulled more in after sixty six, and he had Glass on throw one thirteen before he pulled them. So definitely a questionable situation there. Um, and we've been you know the ace, you know, and but, but it was a questionable decision there. For me, um, but yeah, I just you know the Dodgers just their bats right now, and, and Cody Bellinger moving down the sixth spot has been it's really helped him out because I know he was struggling kind of the first half of the playoffs, and he's really starting to get red hot right now. Um, he's been scary to watch, and then Mookie Betts too. Right now, it this Dodger team right now is in a roll, and for Clayton Kershaw, I saw this that was his ninth time in a playoff game where he's gone at least six innings, only give up one hit, one run and one walk. And that's actually broke a record. So, um, so I get, you know, so maybe we could kind of say it's inconsistency. And I heard this stat as well. He's given up, I believe 18 runs in the seventh inning. So I think that that's why they pulled him. It's kind of been that third time around. That's really hurt him in the playoffs. And I, you know, Again, the Rays just don't, you know, 71% of their runs this postseason have come from the home run ball. They just don't have enough guys that think they just put it in play. They had 19 swings and misses, I think, against Kershaw, I believe. Um, so, yeah, it's um, Dodgers right now. Just, they're just red hot. They're playing well since being down 3-1. Yeah, the Rays, funny, funny, the Rays lineup is a lesser version of the Yankee lineup. Yeah, the Yankees obviously have the better lineup, but the Rays lineup, yeah, they hit, they rely on the long ball, and they just and they strike out a ton. And the, here's the interesting stat from last night: the Rays were the top five guys in the Rays order were two for nineteen. 
that just can't happen in the series. They need they, the Margot, a Rosarina, Brandon Lau. Those guys need to step up for this Rays team to win this series. And, and the, the, the biggest difference in the series, I think the rotations are pretty close. The bullpens are pretty close. But the glaring uh, difference in this series is the Dodgers lineup versus the Rays lineup. That picked the Dodgers to win the series in six was because of their lineup. And that and that's why if the Rays don't hit in this series, there's no way they're going to win. And 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 they didn't get good starting pitching last night either. I mean, I was like, I mean, Gladstone was awful, but he wasn't, I don't, he, but he was completely outpitched by Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, it was, and definitely in the lineup because um, there's just there's not a weak point, there's not a weak spot in that Dodgers lineup. You know, who's the worst one in that starting lineup? Uh, you know, Will Smith, uh, Chris Taylor, and they're not even. Yeah, you know, like they're not even bad hitters. Like one through nine, it's just it's a tough lineup, and this race team, especially Brandon Lau, because he was so great during the regular season, they really need him to get going. It, it just hasn't happened. I think Rosarena now. With just all that he's done, I think he's just now – he's just trying too hard, I think. Um, he's just got to kind of let it come to him, I believe. But, yeah, they, they need that lineup to get going. They need, like, uh, you know, Austin Meadows who struggled all year. I know injuries and all that. But, yeah, they, they need that lineup. And th the only way that they're going to win a couple – the only chance they have is they have to win games four to three. They they get three two. They can't get into a slugfest with the die because they, they got absolutely no chance. And if they could keep a lead, if they can get the lead six, seventh inning, I believe, you know, with that bullpen, they could shut it through. I think they, um, they've won 63 straight games when they've had a lead going into the seventh inning. So they can have a lead going the seventh inning. They have a chance, but I just, you know, they can't, um, they can't let the Dodgers line up, beat them like they did last night. They, they got to keep them, under check somehow and it's tough to do with that lineup because they're not you know a lot of those guys they can put balls in play and they can hit for power absolutely and this is this is a must must win for the race tonight you got the pitching advantage you got blake snell going against uh tony tony uh, gonsolin you, you, if you're the Rays, you gotta you gotta win this game tonight if they don't win this game the i'll guarantee you this Rays don't win this game they don't win the series there's no way they win the series if they don't win tonight because you know they game three you got walker bueller pitching and walker bueller has pitched outstanding in game six for the Dodgers in the NLCS. So this is a must win for the Rays tonight. Got to get Rose Arena, uh, Brandon Lau finally hitting, and then uh, Margot hitting. Those guys got to be hitting. Rays got to get a lead. We've seen in this postseason when the Rays can get a lead because they got probably the best bullpen in baseball, they can win the game. So tonight is crucial to get off to an early start, to a fast start, Snell to go, because we know Snell doesn't go long. So he'll go probably his five innings, have, a, have that lead, and then uh, turn it over to the bullpen in the game. This is a must-win game for the race. Yeah, definitely. It is must-win. And it'd be Walker versus Morin. And Morin's been great so far in the postseason. That would, you know. So, in the way Morin's been pitching, you you know, they could definitely – they yeah. won tonight. They definitely have a great shot at looking at 2-1, you know, being up 2-1 in the series. So, Bueller, Bueller's yeah, really you know, good. If they can Bueller's get really good. Bueller's really good, though. And, and listen, this will be by far the best. This will be – not by far, but this will be the best lineup Morton has faced in the postseason. And he, and he always yeah, pitches well against the Yankees, too. That's the thing. He does, yeah. It, Morton in the big games it usually comes up big. And I don't – you know, um, what a signing that was for this team. It, yeah, they, they – you know, but Blake Snell's got to be on his game tight. And Gosselin, I think, threw 41 pitches the other night in game seven. Um, I think he went two innings. So he's kind of been in the spot. I, you know, they got, yeah, they got to jump on him early. They got to get that lead. 
you know, and for being down, you know, five runs too, they didn't use any of their um, ace kind of relievers last night. So I think, you know, that's big that they're all rested. They haven't pitched the last few days. So um, Braves can get a lead. They have a really good shot at winning this game tonight. They just got to somehow keep the Dodgers lineup off the scoreboard. Oh, yeah. That, that's going to be tough to do. This lineup is yeah. really good. I mean, but if there are two guys that can do it in this Rays rotation, Charlie Morton and it's Blake Snell. And, uh, and but but the, the, we know the, we know what Snell, though, the bullpen for the Rays has got to be really good as well. And I think that that's what's going to be so crucial tonight. Snell's not going to go that long. He's going to go probably go five, maybe five and a third, five and two thirds. Bullpen for the Rays got to prove the best bullpen in baseball tonight. That's and that that's why it's it's big for the offense to be to score enough runs, Snell to pitch well, and the bullpen to be great. That's what the Rays got to do tonight to win this game. Definitely, and that's kind of been the recipe for you know winning so far in the postseason, keeping the game low, having the starters go. You know, I, you know, they, yeah, yeah. All they need is their starter really to go five, six innings, and they got such a great bullpen. Who's been, they, you know, they've been so locked down. I know it's tough to keep Addison to be locked down at one point. You know, they're going to have an off night. But for the most part, if they if their bullpen can be on, the guys that they need, do they bring in there? You know, they, they have a great, great, you know, they have a great shot of winning this game. Um, and getting a couple base hits and hopefully and driving some guys in when you get the chance. Oh, absolutely. Runners hitting with throws in scoring position is big. Yeah, and and if you look yeah, at the Rays, if you look at the Rays throughout this postseason, really, I can only remember their offense scoring maybe more than five runs one time. I think Game Three against the Yankees, the only time they scored more than five five runs. And this is pretty much is pretty much built to do this: to pitch well, to have a good bullpen, and to score runs. So it should be interesting to see what happens tonight. My prediction is though, I still got the Dodgers in six. I'm not even going to change it to five. I still got the Dodgers in six because I do like do like the Rays pitching and bullpen. That's why I still got the Dodgers in six. Yeah, I'm just keep the Dodgers at six. I think they, I think the Rays get tonight, and I think they get Friday. So I think they, those are their two wins right there. Um, but I'm, I'm gonna stick the Dodgers at six. They're just, this seems like their year, and I think they, they, they know it that this is their time. Absolutely, absolutely. So it should be interesting to see what happens between the Rays and the Dodgers. We got game, we got uh, game two tonight on Fox. So it should be interesting to see what happens there. But we got to get to college football, and the Big Ten is back. And uh, it'll start right at noon on Saturday, right on Fox. It'll start at noon. We'll be seeing Justin Fields against, a, you know, a program that hasn't been very good in, in, in many years, but a historic program in Nebraska. So we got Ohio State and Nebraska to uh, open our college football uh, college football Saturday. And uh, I, in my opinion, I think Justin Fields has a huge game. I think, I think they, they get into the 50s. I think Nebraska – Struggles to score too. I think this is a complete blowout. I think Ohio State wins by four or five scores against Nebraska. Do you agree with me, Justin? Or I'll ask this question to you: Can Nebraska stay in this game? Uh, maybe for a half. That's about it. Um, that I could see it for a half because I just, um, you know, I don't know what Ohio State's gonna. Obviously, I know what they're gonna look like, but not playing till October. It, it's so weird. I don't know what to expect. I think they, you know, they'll run away in this game in the second half, as we saw last year at Ryan Day. They don't take their foot off the gas, and they they, they showed up for every game last year, and you know they didn't take any weeks off. Um, and I and I think Nebraska for them too, and Scott Frost, seventy percent of their roster 
right now is freshman and sophomore. And you're coming to the big house week one. And the Big Ten did not do him any favors after they threatened to leave during um, kind of after the Big Ten said they weren't going to play. They didn't do him any favorites. Um, J.D. Spillman was their top guy. He's he's in the transfer portal. Kaden Warner at Kurt's son is going to be one of their starting wide receivers. But Ohio State, Justin Fields, um, Ryan Day said he looks even better than last year. He said his vision's improved. Um, he's, you know, they've seen improvements in his development as well. Trey Sermon coming from OU, from Oklahoma. Sean Wade opted back in. Um, they did lose their two best pass rushers, but they should put up – I think they won this game 45-21. to 21. I think it's closer to half, but rough start for Scott Frost. Battle of North Carolina as 4-1 NC State faces North Carolina, who had their first loss uh, last Saturday night to to, uh, North, to uh, Florida State. I was a little surprised about that game. You know, they could have won it, but the running back at the end couldn't catch the ball. If he catches the ball, uh, I think UNC wins yeah. that game. I mean, I don't know how you can drop that ball late in the game. I, that, that's, I feel like that's inexcusable. You can't you – can't, that drop cannot happen. But uh, I, think, I think in this game, I think Sam Howell uh, bounces back in this game. Even though UNC, to me, has not been – They've been good, but not as as I thought they were going to be this year. I, I mean, I thought, but uh, seeing all the guys that have returned and all the hype, the preseason hype with them, but I still think they win this game and they win it by two scores because I haven't really followed that much NC State football this year, but it just doesn't look like they've really beat a lot of good. They're number 23, but I don't think they should be number 23 because looking at the spread, it was like 16 and a half. I don't think they I, I can't really recall them any of these four wins being against really any good teams. Yeah, I think the big part of that is NC State's quarterback broke his leg, Devin Leary. So I think that's why it's so big at the moment. Um, and I, I, I think it's it's going to be a blowout of well. I think it's going to be a thirty-eight to twenty. Um, I think North Carolina gets back on track. Michael Carter is averaging eight point four yards a carry right now. Um, I don't know if NC State's defense is going to be able to slow him down. Um, they're going to have Bailey Hawkman for the Wolfpack step in a Florida State transfer. Don't know if, you know, I don't, I think he's going to struggle. I think Mac Brown is going to have these guys ready to play after last week. And then for UNC, they were two and two for 12 last week on third downs. They, you know, I know you mentioned the drop pass. They probably come back and win if he catches that. Um, Mac Brown is now 0 10 versus his all modern Florida State. Not, you know, thought last week was going to be the week he was going to get them. Did not, but North Carolina should bounce back, and you know they they gotta go perfect now until they see Nordin and and um Miami at the end of the year if they want a shot to get Charlotte. Absolutely, absolutely, that's, that's exactly what they have to do if they want to get into that game. Got an SEC matchup in uh Knoxville this week as uh Bama number two travels to Tennessee, and I think this game is a is a total. I don't care if the games. In, in Knoxville, I think this game is a little blowout. I think Alabama is the much better team. I think that Bama wins wins big. I think they put up you know forty fifty points. I think Tennessee might put up like seventeen or maybe maybe seventeen to twenty points. I think they win this game by at least uh, again th- th- uh, four or five scores. I think this game is a total blowout. And I got and I got Bama big over Tennessee. And I'm not even going to ask questions about this because there's no doubt in my mind that Bama is going to blow Tennessee out. You agree? Oh yeah, no question. I think it's forty-one to twenty-ish. I, I and again, I think they all maybe a touchdown or two at the half. Um, so Tennessee last week lost thirty-four to seven Kentucky. The worst loss. Um, it, it was the biggest loss they had versus Kentucky since eighteen ninety-one. Wow! And 
Yeah, and they find and Jeremy Pruitt fired his defensive line coach after three games. Did not have a spring. Really didn't have much of a summer. Um, he said that they are not physical enough up front. He's I guess taking over the D line. Interesting. Um, with Bama coming in, I just Jared Tano last week just threw two pick sixes that were just. Um, I think it was Jordan Rogers doing the game saying, uh, you know, those reads, he, you know, when he was at the line of scrimmage, he sh- should have thrown those two wide receivers out because of the coverage they were playing. He threw it right to the defense, back-to-back plays, pick sixes. I think Jared Catano struggles. I think Bama's defense comes out, plays well. And I want to say this quickly. Mac Jones, now you may call me a little bit crazier, Steve. Yeah. He's checking off some Joe Burrow boxes here. Oh, he's you know, playing really well. I, I you know. I we, I was I was watching Joe and uh, Jace go at it uh, on Sunday with with about Mac Jones and and I have to admit I think Joe's Joe, you and Joe are definitely right about Mac Jones. I'll give you that. Yeah, you know, because yeah, he throws a good deep ball. I know he's got the great weapons, but his, I like the way he throws a deep ball. Um, I know he's not he doesn't have the speed. You know, he's a pocket passer. He's he really not not mobile like Burrow. Um, he's got a swagger too. Too he told Saban when he was a scout. QB a couple years ago, um, Saban got mad at him because he kept completing a deep ball, and he told Saban, tell your defense to stop it then. So um, he's got some swagger to him. He's got the weapons. They're the only team that scored on Georgia. LSU was the only team that scored on Georgia last year. He's checking off some Joe Burrow boxes. that the way his turn. Um, Alabama should have won big 41-20. Yeah, you could argue, yeah, he has two great receivers around with Devontae Smith and Jalen yeah. Waddell. But is he, I, I, from what I've seen, I think he's been spreading the ball around a little bit too. Yeah, he, had, he definitely has an um, – the other guy, Metcalf, too, as, as well as been playing well. Because last year he was okay, and he's kind of taken a big step forward this year. He had the um, battle Bryce Young, you know, true freshman, that everybody thought was going to take the job. As, as Joe just said, <laughs> Matt right, Jones baller. The guy deserves more love and respect. He sure does. Joe's right about that. Uh, yeah, Joe's right about that, he definitely. Does. I, yeah, I know they got two top wide receivers again, but, yeah, you know, he's been playing well. He's been doing his job. I thought he threw a couple of nice passes last week in Georgia. I know a couple of them was wide receiver um, made some terrific plays, but I also felt like he threw a really good ball. Um, and I know the SEC is turning an offensive league right now, but still I've, I've been impressed and he's playing really well. And I, I think he'll continue this week in Knoxville. Absolutely. Absolutely. We got an interesting game in Pittsburgh this week as Notre Dame uh, travels to Pitt. And let's, let's be real. Notre Dame, I think I think Notre Dame's a little overrated. Yeah, they're the number three team in the country, but, you know, they struggled a little bit with Florida State. And then last week, they really struggled with Louisville. I, I, you know, I think Notre Dame's a little bit overrated, so that's why I think this game is close. This could be a one-score one game. This might be a game. This could be a, a you know one-score game potentially. But I do think Notre Dame wins it by 10. I think they win it by double digits because Pitt has struggled as well. And, uh, yeah, Ian Book didn't play that well last week. I think Notre Dame's missing Chase Claypool and Cole Komet. I think uh, – I think Notre Dame wins in kind of a low-scoring game, like a maybe like a 24-14 game, but I still have Notre Dame winning. But I don't think they should be the number three team in the country. No, I'm with you right there. I got the same as I score 24-14. I Right now, I think um, PF um, Pro Football ranked right now, they have Ian Book ranked right now as a 10th pro quarterback right now in the ACC as a starter. Yeah, pro oh, really? Football wow. Focus. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, so and I haven't liked the way he's been playing either. You know, he's been very inconsistent. I think he's only got one touchdown in the year. Um, I, yeah, I, and Pitt's Pitt's defense is really good. 
Uh, both these teams really are great defensively. I think um, they're, they're total defense. So it's going to be a cold and rainy day as well in Pitt. So it makes things a bit more interesting as well. The only, I would say Pitt could upset them, but their quarterback, Kenny Pickett, is questionable with an ankle injury, and he didn't play last week, and they really showed offensively for the Panthers. Pitt will need their defense and special teams to make plays that they want to win this game. Can they do it? Possibly. Um, but I don't know if they'll be able to do enough. You may know this name, Jason Penox. Um, from yeah, Windsor, oh, very well. One of the oh, very well. I know top, I a, uh, corner for Pittsburgh. That's why he's, I turn Pitt on. That's why I turn Pitt on sometimes. Yeah, Jason Penox, he's, yeah, he's been playing well for them. I, he's, yeah, he played at Windsor. Great player at Windsor. Yeah, yeah, I think I put in his cousin way back when he was at Bloomfield, and then uh, he actually had a pick six. Um, against my dad's team, way you know, couple you know, uh, like. His probably seventh grade uh, pick six that kind of sealed on the go to the championship game for Windsor. So, um, yeah, kind of. So, uh, I've seen him up close and personal all the time. But, yeah, he's a great player. I think Nordane's going to get the 124 14. We got a Big 12 matchup in Stillwater as uh, we got Iowa State number 17 with, with Brock Prudy. Uh, going up against uh, going up against uh, Oklahoma State and uh, and Ch- Chua Hubbard. And I think this is a really fun, exciting game. I think it's a high scoring game, like they always are in the Big Twelve. But I got Oklahoma State winning it close because of Chua Hubbard. Yeah, I got it three five to twenty four. Now, uh, you know, right now, and I don't know. I probably wouldn't have thought this three years ago. Oklahoma State has the best defense in the Big Twelve right now. Um, I think they're for real and. If they can continue to play like they have, I know it's been Tulsa, West Virginia, Kansas, and we're going to find a lot about them this week. But um, I, I just think the new D um Coach Gundy brought in a couple years ago, it's really changing things around there. And I think the way I, you know, I like the way they're playing their top 15 right now. We're going to find out a lot about this week with Brock Purdy, he's a pretty good quarterback, and um, Hall running back. But Spencer Sanders could be back this week, and I think if he could, him, Tyler Wallace could have a big day. Obviously, Chuba Hubbard, one of the best running backs in the country, in the backfield. And Oklahoma State's really the only shot that the Big 12 has of a team getting to the um, college football playoff right now. So, um, and if Iowa State wins this game, they have a they pretty much clinch a uh, as long as they don't get upset by anybody, they pretty much clinch a. a um, they're, they're kind of spot of going to the Big 12 championship game because they've already beat Oklahoma and, and TCU. They still have Texas, but they beat three of the top five teams, I think, in the, in the league if I would say can pull it off. Yeah, but what knocked them out was that loss to Louisiana, right? Pretty much. Yeah, I think that knocks them off uh, of the um, college football playoff, definitely. But, I, I you know, they still got a shot. Good shot again, the Big 12 championship. They run the table. Maybe it depends what happens, but it, it would really hurt that game is going to – could come back to play them. It definitely could. It absolutely could. So we got a matchup with my Nittany Lions traveling to Bloomington to face Indiana. And this isn't the Indiana Bowl. They actually played Penn State tough oh. last year. I, I, and, and Penn State's got – Journey Brown, he's out. He's now out – I think he's yeah. out for the year. I, I saw he was out for the year. Micah Parsons opted out of the season. So this is this is a game – I'm a Penn State fan. That's why I'm picking him, obviously. But this is a game that has potential to, to have an upset. I think there definitely is potential – for an upset here in this game. I, I think this is a close competitive game. I think it's a one score game, but I do have the Nittany Lions win close over Indiana. 
I do have in their Penn State winning 31-28. I am very, very concerned, though. Yeah, during, it sounds like it's a health issue. They found back in July, so, um, you know. Hopefully recover whatever it is and get. And the back thing on the about field. Journey Brown is if Noah Kane has not has not been his backfield. This isn't Miles Sanders or Saquon Barkley. No one has really proven to own the backfield for Penn State. They did it uh, by committee last year with with, with Kane and Brown. So mm-hmm. that's what concerns me in the run game. And Sean Clifford, I'm I'm sorry, is not that is uh, he didn't he was not a great quarterback last year. He's not Trace McSorley. Let's hope he improves this season. And they're definitely going to need him to improve. The tight end's obviously awesome, but without Parsons. Yes, a middle linebacker in football is not the biggest loss, but in college to have an impact player like him, he was all over the field, especially in that Cotton Bowl last year against Memphis. Parsons is going to be a huge, a huge loss to that defense. Yeah, especially now, you know, it's especially um, just to have that leader out there. Yeah, he's a top five pick. He's probably the best defensive player in the, in the country. You know, he's out there. Um, now they're gonna have to, it's gonna be Brandon Smith, the top 20 recruit back to that 19. He was the top middle linebacker in that class. Um, sounds like he's gonna get that spot now, so they're really gonna need him to step up. Indiana, it sounds like that you know, just the word around the program is this is the best team that they've had in 30 years. There's a lot of excitement. I think there's a chance they could finish third in the division. I think they could, you know, knock off Michigan and finish beat them out in the division. Uh, Michael Penix Jr., the guy is a lefty, sophomore, and he takes very good care of the football. He will not force things, which is very, very crucial. And then for the Hoosiers, they have nine starters back on defense. And why? And then for Penn State, seven of the top 12 leading tackles from last year are gone as well. So, And I think the, um, only besides um, Juwan Dotson, nobody, no other wide receiver in the team has more than 12 catches. So. There's a lot of guys that pieces that really need to step up for the Nittany Lions this year. I, you know, um, I think they are definitely top ten team, but this is a tougher test with the Ohio State looming next week. They better take care of business. They can't be thinking about Ohio State. They got to be no. thinking about Indiana this week. But we're talking about the Big Ten, we'll stay in the Big Ten. We got a huge game in the Big Ten this week as uh, Michigan travels to uh, Minnesota. And this here's my opinion. This is total disrespect. Uh, towards the Golden Gophers. How is Michigan? I know Joe Milton is expected to be good. How the heck is Michigan a favorite on the road against Minnesota? Minnesota was a really good team last year. They got their quarterback returning in Tanner Morgan. They got Rashad uh, Rashad Bateman. He's back too. How the heck is Michigan a favorite over Minnesota? I don't get that at all. Minnesota was a better team last year. They got their quarterback and best offensive player returning. Yeah, they lost to Antoine Winfield Jr., but they got their quarterback and their best offensive player returning. I don't get why Michigan is a favorite over Minnesota. But but and for and for the game, I'm definitely taking the Gophers. I'm taking the Gophers by one score to beat Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines. The, the Gophers who should be favored over the Wolverines, and I'm taking them to win this game too. Yeah, you know, I'm taking the Gophers, but it's one of those because yeah, I, I don't know how they're underdogs. It's one of those ones where it's like, um, you know, like Vegas knows something that we don't at the moment. The only thing I could think of at the moment is they really started off so last year. They survived against South Dakota State, survived that Fresno State double OT, and then one by three in Georgia Southern. They started out slow. Maybe that's the only thing I could think of. And, and yes, there's a lot of talk again around Joe Millen. I heard this out this morning. Did um, Brady Hoke and Rich Rodriguez had better QBRs with all their quarterbacks than Jim, Bar- Jim Harbaugh has so far? Um, so I know that's not what they asked for with Jim, but look, um, Joe Milton should be, I know they had McCaffrey's brother, but he opted out in, in the transfer portal. 
But uh, Joe Milton was okay. I know they're expecting a lot from him. I'm not going to believe it yet. I haven't seen it yet from Michigan that I'm going to be a believer. And I am a definite believer of Minnesota. I think they won the Big Ten West this year. The thing is, now they're the target. They were projected to finish sixth in the division last year. Now they're right on top. They got a bunch of offensive line. They got their offensive line back. Bateman's back on the top wide receivers. Morgan's back at quarterback. I think this game, though, is going to be one in the trenches. And I think Minnesota's going to be able to do that. They got some couple guys back in the line. Michigan's got a brand new offensive line, only one guy back. And I think Minnesota is going to be able to win this one 27 24. Yeah, and the thing about Minnesota, they definitely are the team. They, they, they are they definitely are the team with the target on their chest. And the, th- the, th- the thing about Minnesota, too, is you look at Wisconsin, they, they lost Jonathan Taylor now. So definitely, Minnesota's yeah. clearly the favorite in Big Ten West. Yeah, they de- definitely. You know, I know Wisconsin got another uh, running back that they, you know, obviously, again, they just bring in new running backs year after year and then kind of bring in a new core. Um, and their QB play is always inconsistent, you know. Um, so, yeah, it, it, I, th- I think Minnesota is definitely a better team. I know they got smoked by Wisconsin last year. But, yeah, I, I think um, Minnesota team comes back this year. And I, I think they beat Wisconsin. I think they're a better team than Wisconsin. Um, I just always worry about Wisconsin's offense, especially now um, with no Taylor. Exactly, exactly. But we got to go to our final game, and this is a game you're going to like. We got Cincinnati mm-hmm. traveling to SMU to face Shane uh, Bouchelle and the Mustangs. And I think this is obviously another typical AAC battle back and forth. Uh, is, is Ritter's back too for Cincinnati, right? Yes, I believe. Yes. Um, I think he's been off the injury report. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I think it's a high scoring game, really high scoring game. And I got SMU winning it close. Two undefeated teams in, in the American. I got SMU winning it close. I am going to take Cincinnati, 31-27 the road. The thing is, Cincinnati had COVID issues last week. They didn't. They haven't announced, you know, how many players have it or who has it. Um, so I'm kind of going on the base that most of these guys are back. And SMU is really banged up. They got um, one of their running backs is out. They they could do they do have a two horse monster back where they did, but um, they're kind of banged up right now. And I trust. Uh, Cincinnati's Cincinnati's defense more than I do. I think there's, you know, I I think Cincinnati will be able to move the ball against this SMU defense, and I I think Cincinnati's going to slow down this offense enough. Even SMU's averaging 560 yards a game right now, which is third in the country. Um, They're very explosive, but um, and for Cincinnati as well, they're sitting there ninth right now. I would say. It's not out of the question. They did they run the table here? They could. I could definitely see them getting the four seed in the college football playoff. I definitely could. Um, and to get that, they better take care of business on the road Saturday night. And I think Des, Desmond Will does enough. And I think he's tough. I think it's tough for SMU to slow him down. And I'll take the Bearcats to go on the road and win. We'll see about we'll see about the college. I think we're a little too far about the college football playoff. But you see, definitely obviously yeah. you've seen more Cincinnati football than me. So I'll take your word on that. So, but. Uh, we're we're gonna have to wrap we're gonna have to wrap up the show. And we're gonna wrap it up with uh, the retirement of one, one of the best announcers in the history of sports. Usually, you don't want. I don't usually watch sports for an announcer, and for me, not being a huge hockey guy, uh, I didn't watch a ton of hockey. But a guy that made you watch hockey was Doc Emmerich. Doc Emmerich, the way he called games. I mean, if I was watching, like I'm a Ranger fan, but the Rangers were in the playoffs and Doc wasn't on. Let's be honest. It was hard to watch that game because you weren't li- you, you you weren't wa- you weren't listening to Doc. You weren't watching Doc. Doc Emmerich is a legend, legend 
the way he calls hockey games, I, I saw the video clip of how he called that uh, Bruin, the end of that Bruins uh, Penguins uh, Eastern Conference Finals game. Outstanding, amazing. I think, I honestly think he's probably the best broadcaster of our generation. I think Joe, Joe Buck's really good. I know, you know, uh, Al Michaels is really good, but Gamrick may be one of the best broadcasters of our, of our generation, generation just because of how tough of a sport hockey is to call. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you there. You know, and I, and, you know, hockey wise too, it's like I wish more people knew about him because he is so great to listen to. Uh, I'm going to miss hearing him on NBC. It's going to be a huge hole to fill taking his spot. But yeah, it guy's an absolute legend. I, I think, yeah, he has been the best, you know. For me, it's because, yeah, I, I'm not great at hockey. I love watching playoff hockey, but like, you know, when they do like a Sunday afternoon NBC game in the middle of January, February, I'll tune in if he's doing it. I'll tune in for a few minutes and then listen to a game. Yeah, he's, he's been so great. Um, they, they definitely lost a legend. And I definitely think, you know, he goes underrated, unfortunately, because hockey's, you know, fourth on the major sports. And I think a lot of, you know, wish a lot of more people knew about this guy. Because, yeah, he, he makes hockey games really, really entertaining. I know people say he gets too excited, but, you know, I like it. I don't mind it. Yeah, I mean, he is and will always, always be the voice of the NHL. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I, nobody will be taking that spot from him. A ab absolutely not. Absolutely not. So we're gonna that's going to wrap it up on Sports Talk with R and J. For Justin Anafrio, I'm Steve Risher. We'll be back next week uh, previewing week eight of the college, week nine of the college football season and week eight of the NFL season. Have a great weekend, everybody.